minute. Crossface. The Daily Talk Show. A conversation sometimes worth recording with Josh Jansen and Tommy Jacket. Episode 102. What up? Yeah. Still getting used to having an intro. It's good. It's, it, we've had a couple of back-to-back, <laughs> back-to-back interviews. Guests, uh, yeah. So it's nice just to be in the just in the seat with you, buddy. Yeah, in the same seat. We when we do <laughs> yeah, we sit episodes on our own. Uh, I I sit down, and then Tommy sits on my lap, and we swap halfway through. <laughs> so when you hear a little bit of movement, yeah, that's, that's what it is. I'm actually sore. My um my <laughs> my bum's really sore. Why? <laughs> I was just laughing at the connection between. I, I got the connection. Between, yeah, uh, from the gym. You went to the gym. Well done. Yeah, there this morning, and I saw the, this guy who he just puts a smile on my face every time I go to the gym, and it's he he doesn't even train at the gym, but this dude has the strictest routine you've ever seen. Wait, so he doesn't go to the gym? You saw him at the gym, and he has a routine. The cleaner. Correct. He's the cleaner of the, the building that the gym is in. So I go to Fitness First in, in a suburb called Richmond. And oh, now everyone's going to bombard you out the front. Well, you never know. I mix That's it up sometimes. That's why I don't go to the gym. <laughs> Weekdays usually I'm there. And he cleans the, the building, which is like where a big furniture shop is. He doesn't actually ch- clean the gym itself, but he cleans the rest of the building that it joins to. Mm-hmm. And I found out this morning that he... He's been going. He's been cleaning the building for over twenty years, and every morning he parks in this spot directly out front of the gym. He opens up his boot, mm-hmm. and in his boot he has white bread, and he makes a sandwich. And so every time I walk past him, he just says hello to me. That's before I go. That's Do you reckon bef- you've become part of his routine? Hundred percent. I say I. Ha- Hey mate, and we quick exchange, and then I go up into the gym. So he fi- he finishes his sandwich, and then he comes What's up. What's in the sandwich? It just look. It literally looked like a ham and cheese sandwich. There's something on white about, bread. Man, I, there's something really therapeutic about this idea, isn't there? And so then he goes up into the gym to use their toilet. He grabs a paper <laughs> on the way. Is that your fucking phone again? Maybe. Anyway, that's not he grabs a paper on the way to the toilet, and we thought me and my mate were like, he's definitely sitting down reading the paper. But he doesn't. He spends like, he's in and out, back down to the boot of his car for so a cup of tea. what's the paper for? I don't know. He, oh, for after, because they give him away at the gym, so he gets a free one. Uh, so he's, but I was just thinking to myself about routine. It was funny. I was thinking about routine before I saw this dude mm-hmm. this morning. And it's because I feel like I'm in a real, like I'm in a routine because I have to drop Bodie off to daycare yeah. and I have to pick him up after daycare Mm. and so it's a real structure around what i need to do at the start and the end of the day Mm -hmm. and i've always tried to i've always tried to limit routine in my life yeah and and i've worked out i actually don't like that i don't like the feeling of a real set routine well with groundhog day i feel like yeah i feel sometimes like i'm in a bit of groundhog day at the moment with Picking, taking Bodhi to daycare and picking him up, and, and then he coming can't to drive work. himself yet. So you as can't soon as he can that. drive, mate, he's off. But what you, what's your feelings around routine? Because I know you're a bit of a. I love, I love my coffee in the morning. Yeah, I think I I'm starting to appreciate routine. Yeah, I think having tra- travelled a little bit and done sort of longer term travel, I've 
realized how exciting routine can be. One yeah. of my favorite books is um, Daily Rituals. Oh, fuck you, rituals. Here's the problem with the rituals and talking about them like this. You get so angry. Go no, I, I honestly think it's because it does. It, half the time you're talking about what you want your routine to be, but your routine isn't there. So I mean like... Well, what, no, having the... Co- like so... Uh, the, if you listen to Daily Rituals, the audio book, it's just people talking about like pretty mundane things. So it's not like meditation. Like sometimes yeah. it could be that, but it's like literally waking up in the morning, having a coffee, going for a walk. I don't think, I can't remember who it was, but um, there's a lot of pushback on these routines because no one, or rituals, because no one talks about the fact that they take a dump in the morning. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like that is sort of a... <laughs> no, in no one, none of these audio books or podcasts where yeah. people are talking about rituals. At 8.40, he takes a dump. <laughs> Followed by a shower. He was the inventor of the shit shave and shower. No, no um, but you know what I mean when I when yeah. I say what, when you're talking around rituals, it's always about what you want to do. Whereas people aren't really just talking about... Well, I think the, so a routine versus into. a ritual. I think ritual for me is something that can be celebrated. A routine can be a bit like sort of just doing the, the same thing day in, day out. Mm. I think it's very similar. I think that a ritual just allows you, adds a little bit of bloody P-R-R-R to it, to a routine, <laughs> yeah. a bit of yeah. rah-rah. A bit of structure around this, we need to do this. A ritual is something you've held up to go, we yeah, need this to is a routine. this. It's still a routine, but it, maybe it's got a higher meaning to it. Yeah. So what? So, so are you frustrated in the fact that you've got a routine? Not really, but it's the first time I've started thinking that I'm closer to having this real, this really routine meaning. I I can't veer off it. I can't not take okay. that to daycare. Well, you would have had a routine. Like I remember when we went up to Shepparton to celebrate celebrate episode fifty. And I I saw a bit of nostalgia where you were out of the car park and you're walking along and you're like, oh yeah, you could hear anim- farm animals here and I'd it'd be early in the morning and I'd walk. I could imagine that there's a routine that's associate that would have been associated to that. A little bit, but I've always, I mean, the, uh, working on breakfast radio, you can get out pretty quickly. So I might have had a meeting after the show. You do your three hours, sure. That's your sort of solid work yeah. for the morning until you're done. And then mm-hmm. I could go off, go to the gym. I could come back to work. Yeah. And I've always had careers and being my own boss where I can have a lot of flexibility around what I'm doing, what time I finish. And I, I know when I've been in the routine of or the what a nine to five job or a job that makes you it gives you that time constraint. I've felt more like, oh, but maybe I've got an aversion to these, yeah. the feeling of a routine, real strict routine. I think uh, I think flexibility is so overrated. Mm. I think that the um, there is something in having these things set in stone. I'm going to be here at this certain time mm. so that you just don't have any other option. You, It's the paradox of choice, you know, Having more choice doesn't make life easier. Having lots of films on Netflix just means that we spend more time flicking through trying to work out what to watch on Netflix. Whereas if you know, there's this um, uh, streaming service called Mubi, M-U-B-I. It's Where do you of, get it? It's on the internet. It's but, but it's not service. like a Netflix box 
that you can Netflix isn't a box. No, but like say you can get it on you can get Stan, you can yeah, get Netflix it's the exact same or thing. within Works TVs. On Apple TV, all okay. that sort of thing. And um they release I think it's How's a, the internet work? Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll get someone on who can tell us about that. But no, it's a um it's like more premium yeah. films. So it's like ones that you'd see at film festivals, but I think only one new film comes out a day. Mm. And so the thing is that it becomes really easy to say, okay, this is what I'm going to watch because they've curated it at a high enough level that you don't, you're not paralyzed by the amount of choice. Mm. And so I think that for me, I have been seeking uh, flexibility, but I think that there's these core rituals or routines mm. that I really love and that I want to continue to do. Mm. And it's in that space. It's like we we're talking about. Um, recording the podcast and things like that and I'm starting to become more pedantic on when I'm doing stuff so not trying not to mix things so I'm saying okay if what I'm finding at the moment and it's my own doing is it's like I've got so much work on but I know that I can get it all done before I go away but with me house sitting and stuff like that it sort of screwed up my routine a bit to the point where I'd be like, oh, I'll edit at night. So I would like mm. stuff around during the day, which is what I used to do when I was young. Stuff around during the day and then have a crunch at the end. I don't think that that's... And I think that if I had the limitation of you can't work at night, yeah, yeah. all of a sudden you just do the work during the day. Mm, I think the, the Groundhog Day stuff is scary in my mind. Thinking of... Like we left the house this morning when it was dark and I'm not unhappy with my life at all. Um, it, but we left when it was dark and we'll get home when it's dark and it's this feeling right yeah. and I was thinking imagine living in London yeah I had I had <laughs> that dark it only gets light at nine gets dark at three well that was the I think the um, that was the biggest struggle I had working in radio mm. I was on the drive show with for Fifi and Jules doing their digital content and they you know, would be on from four till six. So that was sort of like the core time. So it was sort of, you were doing like an e- uh, afternoon slash evening. But the thing is the first meeting was a production meeting at 10 a.m. So then you would, for me, when I was living out in the burbs, I, to be able to get in at 10 a.m., it worked out better for me to leave home at 6.45. Get stuffed. So I would get get up at 6.45, be out the door by like quarter past seven, driving to work, get in there by uh, 8.45, like 9 o'clock and then do work until, um, you know, have the 4 till 6 show and then edit from like 6 until 10 Mm. and then drive home and not be home until 11. And so (laughs) I was doing doing that for 12 months. Over 12-hour days. Yeah. And so... I've gotten so soft, I think, in some regards. But I think creating those routines, you just, I would do it. And I get myself to be able to uh, have that sort of, not work ethic, but just uh, um, willingness to do that. Uh, I need to remind myself that, hey, I'm working for myself and I need to um, sometimes create those sort of limitations. Yeah, the limitations. Um, I wanted to show you something that's on. So we're in our office, my office right now. Yeah. And Riley works out of what here. Is that? No, oh, yeah, we've got construction going on as well. Okay, yeah, like there's a bit, there's a bit happening here. Um, but Riley has a bag and there's a there's a thing hanging off a bag. Riley, can you come over here? Yeah. This so, is um, 
bit of improv. This, oh, this is crazy. I just saw this the other day. So Riley's a, a budding film, young filmmaker. And there's this thing Riley hanging off. said hello. Everyone. There's this thing hanging off her bag. Don't tell us what it is, but just describe what it looks like. Um, it's white and sort of round. If it's in the palm of your hand, so it looks like some sort of pod. Do you reckon? Yeah, I, I like that. Josh, yeah. I know what it is. Yeah, and I need and I was fascinated by this when I saw it because I said, "What the fuck's that?" Yeah, <laughs> what do you think it is? Looks like a panic button. Have a look at it. Let's look at it properly. Okay, so it's yeah, it's it's white. It looks like something that you would see on. Um, oh, you know what? What? I reckon what it could be is maybe a, like a real a storage device for something that's really small. So maybe some like. You could put some nuts in there or something. <laughs> I don't know. It's what, definitely not. You were close to the first I, time. I, I was thinking like, is it like a panic, either like a, a panic button or a way of finding your bag if you lose it? So where did you buy this? Uh, online through Facebook. So she saw a Facebook ad uh, come up no. and now sh- show Josh what it does. I'm a sucker. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what did you just say? Say it again. She, oh, she said she's a sucker. She's a sucker. Sucker for a oh, good... I just thought she just said motherfucker. <laughs> I was like, what's... Because it was you off mic. Uh, yeah, so you're a sucker. Let's go. Show Josh what it does. All right, so uh, okay, Riley's so holding it. Yeah. You don't press the button because okay. there's like a fake button here. Yeah. It's like, pull it. Yeah, it's a panic. It's like a... I wouldn't want to say it's a rape whistle, though. Yeah, that's yeah. what I would call it. Yeah. yeah. So I said, what the fuck's that? She said, rape whistle. I said, <laughs> what does that even mean? And so it's this thing. You just attach to your bag. Oh, jeez, it's so loud, isn't it? What a great idea. It is an awesome idea. But it makes me sad as well that we need fucking rape whistles. Well, I, the first question I said was, have you had to use it? And you said... No. Yeah, of course. Well, I mean, I guess... safer. Yeah, I get... Yeah, that's the thing. And I, I mean, it's got many more uses of like... It just gives you that level of protection that if someone's like... Yeah. It's uh, it's sort of annoying. I'm sorry that you have to have a fucking rape whistle. Like, that's pretty outrageous. But at the same time, I do like security. So, I like I'm on board. Yeah. I, um, I read these statistics somewhere. I don't know where, so don't quote me on them. But um, like if someone screams for help... Uh, people are less likely to run and help you whereas if they sort of hear an alarm or something like that where they're like oh it might be a car alarm then they're more likely to come and see what it is yeah um and also just like the fact that like you from just looking at it you don't know what it is um so if someone did attack you they wouldn't really be able to know how to turn it off quickly they're more likely to just like freak out and run off it is it is really good it is a really good bit of technology 30 30 bucks yeah and the um yeah, it does have that vibe that it looks like it could be a Tamagotchi. It could be a, it's <laughs> yeah. like a GPS type thing, but also it does look like you could fit like a few almonds in there as yeah. like a, but yeah, it's it's interesting. I remember similar. It's a fashion accessory. It is really? a fashion accessory. <laughs> Except yeah, you don't want to have to put it to use. Yeah, but I was fascinated by that. I thought, fuck you, you're too good. You picked it first. Guess yeah, it looks like button. some sort of panic button. Yeah, it's got that vibe. But the interesting thing um, on the on the stuff around people not reacting to like help. When I was a kid, I was told. I think I've said this in a previous yeah. episode. You yell fire. Yeah, because uh, people are more likely to get out of a building. The, well, they're more likely to turn around and help a fire than if you're uh, being attacked. Ah, so if you're getting physically attacked, yell fire. 
it's a bit confusing, that, isn't it? it? I think the dude attacking or the girl attacking it's, you it's like, would be fucking confused. Yeah. I mean, that's part of my strategy on if I am ever attacked is out crazy the crazy. Yeah. So Have it's you, to fly. Like, I've never, I get real jumpy. If it's past nine o'clock and I'm in Collingwood walking, anyone that walks past me, I jump <laughs> Have and you I seen, scare them. There's these videos online of a guy going up to these big people and picking a fight with them. And then they're like, all right, let's go. And he takes his pants off, mm-hmm. takes his top off and his pants off. So he's got a G string on oh. and they, they run this off. This is classic. This sounds like classic Tommy jacket gear from like 2008. <laughs> like doing, yeah, it was from, thanks, it was for, from thanks for that, Riley. Thanks, Riley. But yeah, that was, I was, so there was a couple of things that I was interested in that thing is that these people who come up with these ideas to come up with these little marketing campaigns around products mm-hmm. that then push them out on Social media. Social media. Yeah. Someone's probably made 100 grand mm-hmm. of selling these little... A lot more than 100 lot grand. More, yeah, a lot more than 100 grand. If they're pumping ads out... Yeah. It was... It was. Remember my idea um, for... The whiteboard, was it? No, no. For workplaces. Yeah. Because when you... As you know, you've worked in two quite large mm-hmm. workplaces. Three, if you count the fire brigade as well. Three. Uh, a stamp... That's a generic goodbye to put in. Oh, that was already taken though. Is this the? Is this what you're gonna? Generic response for people who are leaving the company. You know how there's always like yeah. some card going around yeah. the office. Hey guys, can you sign it for Tennille? She's leaving. That was on um, fuck Jerry. No, what yeah. a, a stamp saying thanks. It's been great, yeah. Tommy. Yeah. Ah, oh, fuck. It's been done. Damn it. It's a bit annoying, isn't it? It's a good idea though. Might be one of those, um, yeah. I mean, that that's the. I was listening to something to uh, yesterday around um, ideas and how ideas come about. Oh, maybe it was even was Jason Fox talking about it. About I don't know. We've had a lot of conversations idea. in the last few days. Man, I am exhausted from just talking. Just well, I think. Um, Probably because I made the mistake of not eating today until <laughs> three o'clock, and I ate just. But it's four forty-five p.m. now. I decided to have something small because what I'd been doing is not eating all day, then getting so hungry at like three, eating, and then Bree saying, "Hey, what do you want to have for dinner?" And then I just end up sitting, and my eyes doing that thing. <laughs> have you seen that. it? Can you describe to people that. what happens? So imagine you're just blinking, but when you blink, one eye forgets to open and so it's lagged. So one eye stays closed and then opens very slowly. It's like I it think got, it's a sleep thing. It's like it got a bit stuck. I, I reckon it's, it's only been of the last um, few weeks that I've worked out that how important sleep is. And, and this is, <laughs> I know this is rich because you've got a kid and you've got all that sort of thing. But, man, com- uh, what do you say? Commending anyone that's got a kid, um, I, just f- five hours of sleep, yeah. I'm, I, I feel horrendous. Yeah, I know what you mean. There's, you know, the entrepreneurs like Gary V. I, I saw a post of his last night mm-hmm. and he's walking around his office. He's like, here's what they don't tell you. 11 p.m., still in the office, look around. No one's here. I've got to get it done. Like he's just preaching that work and, you know, the funny thing about 16 that hour is, days. Given that like apparently no one's telling us, he's done a lot of videos about it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I, I don't so, know. There is definitely this move and on that ritual stuff and routines, 
there is a move towards work-life balance. Well, the, the saying die, I'll sleep when I die. Is dumb. And so I was listening to a, a sleep doctor talk and he says that statement is a load of shit because in reality, the less sleep you get, yeah. the closer you are getting to dying. They're saying the statistics around um, how much... Uh, sleep contributes to your body repairing therefore you living a longer life whereas <laughs> i'll sleep when i die well you're gonna die pretty soon yeah it's so like it's yeah that, it's the killing whole, you lack of sleep is killing you is yeah, what this guy said yeah and i think that's a, definitely sleep is so important jason freed who wrote the book rework he has a successful company called Basecamp, which is a project oh, yeah. management tool that a lot of companies use. Yeah, so you can upload assets into it. It's a way of like interfacing with clients mm. or c- collaborators, things like that. But his book, Rework, was all about saying no to meetings, all of this sort of stuff. Some of the things that uh, Dr. Jason Fox talked about yesterday around things like email and expectations, but he's got a book coming out in October called It Doesn't Have to Be Crazy at Work which is all about this stuff, which is around that you don't have like this, um, you know, he's got a bit, the, the uh, hard cover says 80 hour weeks, fully packed schedules, super busy, endless meetings, all nighters, Sunday afternoon emails, unre- unrealistic deadlines. He's just got a big cross, right? Because I think that there's, uh, and um, it's been a- Do you think these guys who are writing, and this is me being cynical, do you think these guys writing this stuff and all of these people having these revelations around how to approach work have worked their ass off and earned their place and now are reflecting on success they've yeah. accumulated. Yeah. Which, that's why it's like, you know, we were discussing and I and I, I love it when I know what you've been reading because it's almost what you how you talk to me. Cause they, well, I, it's the things I've been thinking. I think that yeah, what happens so you, is I have a thought and then I'm like, I what most people do, they... They then pull from where they're having this sort of stuff. Yeah, so it's like, I mean, telling someone what you're reading, like almost verbatim, helps you digest and really—it's yeah. like teaching someone else yeah. something but helps you, you learn keep, about that. Keep something. in mind this stuff, like, um, yeah, what were you going to say? I then? was going to say it's nice to know because it was like when we're talking about recording on a Saturday, mm-hmm. doing some podcasts for when you're gone, yeah, and you're giving me pushback, yeah, and it, it makes sense though, and I get it because but there is keep the, in mind that this. Jason Freed rework I read like seven years ago yeah. so it's I think that it's cyclical right you mm-hmm. see and I think that what's happened is it's like I've gone through these cycles and I'm saying now I'm like oh you know what I think that one of the default I see this default setting which is hard work hustling all that sort of thing yeah and it's pushing it's pushing back on that and there's lots of different you know deep work is another book that talks all talks a lot about this stuff essentialism is another one uh, we've spoken about it on the podcast you know um, the importance of actually uh, you know having a system to be able to prioritize yeah. and not just say yes to everything. I, I totally agree. I mean, it, and sometimes it's just hard to actually put it in place. For instance, when I had my personal training business, I didn't work Friday nights mm-hmm. and I didn't work Saturdays or Sundays. But I was like, I, I purposely didn't, I, and I managed to, and some days I'd be like, you're okay, absolutely I'm not, hammered I'm not working. Yeah, probably. I'm not working Wednesdays. My point being 
you block out some times mm-hmm. and all of your work ends up pushing towards the times that you have available. And it was a real, it was an appointment based business. Yeah. And, but if you, if you look at that for something like what we do, if we just blocked out times. I think it will work. I think like um, Parkinson's law says that we will fill up the time that we allocate to something. Mm. And so, and I've seen it so many times, like I will before I, get, so for people who don't know who have just started listening over the last few episodes. Yeah. Hey. Uh, hi, first of all, thanks for listening to the daily talk show. But I, I'm heading to Europe for three months with my girlfriend Bree at the end of June. Yeah. And um, Josh we'll- is a trust fund baby. <laughs> He's a, no. He's worked his ass off. The and trust fr- is the Josh Jansen Productions <laughs> trust. No, the, the um, yeah. So we're we're going away, and uh, so I've got to finish all these jobs off. So I've sort of got a clean slate while I'm away, and I can already see. It's so funny how I'll be working up until like probably a week before, but I've like timed it out. Like I've just naturally, mm. not even intentionally, done that. And so I think that it's the same with some of these things where it's like rather mm. than. I think that if people are pushing back and saying, nah, that doesn't, that's not how you, you know, it's not how you win at life and all yeah. that sort of thing. I think it's about what are you prioritizing? Yeah. And so for me, I think about weekends and I'm like, okay, well, it's about like deep, if we take deep work as an example. So it's like having allocated times where you're focusing on specific goals or tasks versus trying to multitask and context mm. switch constantly, it means that you can give more quality time to the things that are important. Yeah. I was just thinking for entrepreneurs out there, a lot of them are, um, it depends. So for instance, if we see ourselves as entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. we have this skill set that when we put it in, putting it into practice is actually filming something, mm-hmm. actually editing something and everything in between is like running the business and so entrepreneurs that are working 16 hours a day if they if they're not a chef within the business not that you know they're an yeah. entrepreneur in the food space they're not going to be spending 16 hours a day cooking so it's like there is a lot of time in between yeah you know like I think that the reason I've probably been thinking about it a lot is look at the last two guests that we've had on two people that we respect Dr. Jason Fox Hamish Blake and what are the like they're not talking about how much money they're making they're talking about what they're doing with their time and the currency of time and at the end of the day that's all we have Mm. and uh, the reality is that when um, you know I've had friends who have had decent amounts of success and they say the thing is Josh when you get to to 15 million dollars you want $25 million or $30 million. This, this, if, if that is the metric that you're using to see value within your life, it's going to constantly keep switching. But the thing that we all have is time. And so for me, I still have the ambition to be financially well off and being able to do those things. But at first I want to, I have this time economy you know if we think about we've got time for me it's like if i use those foundation you know this sort of foundational time to make sure that i'm allocating the right amount of time to things it means that when i start having varying levels of success or things end up happening i default to i'm going to make time for brain eye on that like these are the structures that's already created Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I get it. I mean, it can just go out the window, though, can't it? We're well, I think it. that's the thing. The I heard a uh, uh, someone talk about. I can't remember which what book it was, but they were talking about the the idea of um, habits. And what they were saying is, when we're stressed, people assume that we go to bad. They talk about bad habits. Mm. So they say when you're hyper stressed, so you have. They were using a study with. Uh, teenagers who are doing exams and so there's this theory that if you're stressed then you go towards these bad habits you know you start like eating poorly and all that sort of thing but what these studies were saying was that we actually just go to these default foundational habits these things that are like inbred into how we do it so for instance young people who grew up who built structure and a habit around eating healthy snacks when they were stressed actually would fall back to eating healthy snacks Mm -hmm. and people who would eat a whole chocolate cake uh, aka jj would eat a whole cake and so that's i think that that the the idea of habit formation and rituals isn't for right now it's for when everyone's asking for your time it's that thing of the person with the plan will win. If you don't mm. have a plan, if you don't have a schedule, someone else is going to set the schedule for you. Mm. So, might as well get in there first and say these are the things that are important. And then it's easier for you to say yes and no. If you know that every every Tuesday between 7 a.m. and 8 a.m. you're getting coffee with your partner or whatever it is, it will just like it will become an expectation and it will be built in and you'll, mm. you'll build upon that. There, there isn't too many entrepreneurs that are just going. That, mate, six hours a day. That's all I worked, and I did it. Yeah, well, because it's not as flashy as Gary V. It's yeah. not the the, the struggle nar- part of the narrative. That sort of grinding. This is actually hard. You know, this is how hard we work. Well, I think the problem is that everything is a paradox as well. So it's like I think people take that and take the wrong parts of it. But I feel like I want to. Um, it's that cliche of working smarter rather than harder. Mm. And I think that there is like these things that we can do. Like I know that when I multitask, I take way longer doing things. So what about actually blocking out these times mm. and working smarter that way? Well, we've got some stuff happening yeah. um, together mm-hmm. in the future in the business space. I think there, and, and no point in talking about it now, but I think that we should test out some rules. Yeah. Some of the, like make them, because if if I've got you saying no, nah, you're not allowed to do that. We're not allowed to work these days. Well, I think it's about it's it's about coming across like using whatever you want to call it filters that like these are the things that are important to us. And so, if family is the number one priority, then it becomes easier to say, okay, well, if the it's it's aligning our intentions, our values, what's important with us, with our actions. And constantly cross-checking, and it, yeah. and that's even when it comes to uh, decisions around the types of work. I think that there is, there's we romanticize doing shit work. It's almost like we need to be in pain to <laughs> to be rewarded. And I would like to challenge this idea and say, okay, well, what happens if you do the stuff that you want to do. I think there's a lot of people who are doing the jobs that they don't want to do right Mm. now because they think they've told themselves a story that the only way they're going to make the money or be successful is to do the shit work. I don't think that that's Mm. always true. Yeah, 
I I agree. And then when you see the person doing what they want to do, everyone's like, oh shit, that asshole. I think that's the hardest bit. I think the 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 hardest bit is I think there's a shit ton of ways to make money, um, but there uh, it's that whole quote: you have the same amount of time that Beyonce has. And that's the thing. It's mm. like time is like not the bootay yeah. and I can't dance <laughs> like her. It's very okay. true. Uh, but yeah, I think so. I think that that's a uh, important thing to be thinking about, which is like, and the, I have moments where I just see people who might not have a super luxe life, simple, but they're using their time. Mm. They're like, and I, I respect it's that. It's also someone having accountability. You yeah. know, if you're doing it with somebody, like I think that's the power of you and I doing this stuff is like having someone mm-hmm. <laughs> that you've talked about this stuff with yeah even just vocalizing it like if you've not spoken about these kind of things with anybody yeah talking about them with somebody and it's a friction uh, point too right so i think that the the difficulty is is um you know when you're working on your own it's an internal struggle mm-hmm. it's a conversation that you have to have with yourself and i think that it's very hard to look at it objectively when it's all happening internally when you say it across the table to someone you're seeing the the word the words that you're seeing the words you're seeing the words uh you know come across and so you can you can analyze them better and you can sort of see like my favorite thing to ask at the moment is like what are my blind spots yeah you have said that i know because i behind behind you you can't see that (laughs) it's true i just need to take my glasses off he's wearing one of those helmets that has a little uh mirror mirror coming off the helmet so he can see behind it i really believe that like the the most empowering thing we can do is asking people like what are my blind spots like where can i improve because mm. i realize like if we accept the fact that we do have some blind spots then it allows us to improve and it also puts people in a position where they can tell us things that you know they can, they feel comfortable in saying those things mm. and it's coming from a place where it's like tell me not tell me why i'm wrong but just like realizing that like maybe i'm missing a a, a part of this mm. this puzzle but yeah, it's it's interesting. I think that it's about putting the values into place and then just filter every single time you, you're doing it. I think that so many times we do these things as a default. We say yes to a job, uh, not because it's aligned with our vision, but because we think it's the only way that we can make money yeah. and survive. I wonder if the dude who's at the gym making his Sambo from Wonder White Bread at the back of his car. He's probably really happy. I hope he is. He seems like such a happy guy. Oh, hey, mate. Hey. It's probably all the uh, the cleaning chemicals. And, and the sugar from the white bread. <laughs> but he's lovely. I hope he's I hope he's happy. I mean, it's super easy for me to look at him and think it's a bit sad because it's not my world. And I, you know, yeah. it's like. Well, everyone had, but this is the, the, all this stuff that like we're talking to Jason about yesterday. It's like, it's a bit of a mind fuck because you, um, yeah, you realize that uh, we all have different realities. Yeah. And, so, and there's lots of different truths and all that sort of thing. So that guy could be that it's it's like that classic case of like third world kids being so yeah, fucking yeah. happy, yet like the kid in Brighton is like so discontent yeah. and so unhappy because their um, PlayStation's not working. The <clears throat> A good thing for me that I've had sort of looking at that and me looking at some guy 
like the dude who I bump into uh-huh. and thinking, oh, it's a bit sad. It's not sad. He's He seemed happy and he probably is happy. Yeah. What I'm saying is I would be sad in that routine because I know I don't like routine. And it's like looking at anyone else's success can What's be it? hard on you yeah. and you think, oh, look at that guy succeeding. He's got all that money or whatever. But probably his life wouldn't suit you because it's not you. Yeah. Well, there's a level of comparison, which I think is probably not great, but it's also it's uh, allowing yourself not to be judgmental of others, yeah. which allows you to maybe give yourself a break and realizing that um, these what these things that we've set up in society, that what success looks like, that mm-hmm. success is... You know, success is doing the thing that you want to do and being happy and using the time in the way that you think. And, and like, yeah, not everyone can be do like, be doing, having a creative business and doing, you know, the stuff that we do. And, like, that's fine. We're no better. Like, there's people, there's sporting stars, there's Hollywood, there's so many different varying Mm. levels of success. I feel super lucky because I'm just doing the shit that I want to do mm. and that I love doing. Um, but it's always that double checking on just asking yourself, is is this what I want to do? And I think having that filter is a good way of saying, okay, these are the things, like in a left column, these are the things that are important to me and these are my actions and making sure that they actually are aligned. Line up. Yeah. Um, just bringing you back to the routine. Uh, I've got to go pick up my son. <laughs> It's five o'clock. Yeah, I've got to uh, I got to get the boy. Yeah. Uh, it's the Daily Talk Show, everyone. Send us an email, hi, at thedailytalkshow.com. Uh, and please uh, leave us a review on the podcast app of your choice, which is probably um, iTunes yeah. or the podcast I'm going to now, so I'll only be there for 24 hours, put the um, the thing on Riley's bag. I'll put a little video up onto the Daily oh, Talk Show's Instagram account. Okay. That was just so people go to our Instagram. Yeah, of the, the rape whistle. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Daily I Talk Show. I do want to say everyone. the name. Is I know. It's very fucked. dark. Riley's giggling. All right. Catch ya. Have a good one.